Why am I a member of the Church of Christ? I think that's a very appropriate question considering the number of churches that have been established over the past 2,000 years. Why did I become a member of that particular church and not some other kind of church? I think that's a question that we need to address. Why should we be members of Christ's church? And I want to take some time this morning to talk with you about why I am a member of the Church of Christ. And as we talk about that, the first thing we're going to do is make sure we fully understand exactly what I'm talking about, what I'm claiming membership in. Then I'm going to explain why I became a member of the Church of Christ. And then I'm going to explain how I became a member. And of course, my hope is is that by the end, if you are not a member of Christ's church, that you also will be convinced that you ought to be a member of Christ's church and that you will follow in what the Scripture has said regarding that. The very first thing we need to address is exactly in what am I claiming membership? Because when I say that I am a member of the church of Christ, I want you to know that I am not referring to the group of all those churches that have the words Church of Christ on their sign. I'm not talking about some super organization such as that. I'm not a member of any such organization. I am not a part of some such super denomination. And when I say that I am a member of the Church of Christ, as I'm talking about this this morning, I am not even talking about the local congregation. While I am a member of this local church, the Franklin Church of Christ, That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I will have a sermon later next Sunday. I plan to address the issue why I'm a member of the Franklin Church of Christ. But this morning, I am talking about the universal church, what we discussed in Bible class this morning. Why am I a member of that church? Understand that the word church comes from the Greek term ekklesia. That's the word that is translated church in the New Testament. And it comes from two Greek words, kaleo, which means to call, and ek, which means out. And so literally we find that this term means be called out. It is not a religious term. Though we use church today almost exclusively religiously, during the Bible days the word that is translated church was not used exclusively for religious items. All the word ecclesia means is a group that has been called out, a group that has been separated out for a particular purpose or a particular function being assembled together. That's why when we say that we're a part of the church, I want to point out which one I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one that belongs to Christ. I'm not just a part of any called out body. I'm a part of that called out body which belongs to Christ. I want you to notice some things about this church in which I am claiming membership. Look in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, the Scripture there says, "...and He put all things under His feet, and gave Him, that is Christ, to be head over all things to the church, which is His body." the fullness of Him who fills all in all. When I am claiming to be a member of the church of Christ, I am claiming to be a member of the body of Christ. I am claiming that Christ is my head. And that's all I am doing. I want you to notice also what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how to, you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. When I claim to be a member of the church of Christ, all I'm talking about is about being a part of the house of God, being a part of His family, His household, one of His children, one of His servants, whichever picture we're going to use in the Scripture. The Bible, in Ephesians chapter 2, also refers to the church as the house of God. Notice in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, notice it says, Now therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. I'm talking about being a part of that house, a part of that building, the dwelling place of God, that group of people, which is the body of Christ, the house of God, the pillar and support of His truth. When I claim to be a member of the church of Christ, that's what I'm talking about. One other thing I want you to notice is that this is exactly what Jesus promised to build in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. When I claim to be a member of the church of Christ, I am claiming the promises of Christ. As He came, and you remember in Matthew chapter 16, He asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they gave all kinds of names. Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ the Son of the living God. And after that confession in Matthew 6.18, Jesus said, I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build My church. Jesus came promising that He was going to build a church. That was one of His reasons for coming. To establish His body, His house, His people, His nation. And He fulfilled that. And I'm a part of that. I want to be a part of that household, of that body, of that family that Jesus promised. That's what I'm claiming. And that's all that I'm claiming. Is to be a member of that universal body of Christ. All those who are called out. Now you may still be asking, well, why? Why be a member of that church? when there are so many other churches that we could be a part of. All I can tell you is about myself. There are quite a few people that are here today, and I imagine their reasons are similar, but I can't necessarily speak for them. I can only speak for me. Why am I a member of Christ's church? Before I can fully answer that, I have to give you a little background about myself. I have to let you know about me. I'm a sinner. I've sinned. And if I were to detail to you some of the sins that I have committed in my life, I would probably become as loathsome to you as I am to myself at times. But I am rotten before God. I have fallen short of His glory. I'm not going to list all of those sins, but you can trust me when I tell you I'm a sinner because Romans chapter 3 And verse 23 points out that I'm a part of this all 
who have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And as such, that means that I have succumbed to the promise of Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 that says those who sin are separated from God. I am under the condemnation of Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20 where it says the soul who sins shall die. And when it talks about dying there, it's not talking about death to this life. It's not talking about execution. It's talking about eternal death. Look in Matthew 25. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, Jesus said, Then He will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from Me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Verse 46, And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Because I am a sinner, that's what I have to look forward to. Eternal damnation. Death. And I have become a member of Christ's church because I have discovered and learned from the Word of God that in Christ's church, I can find the solution to this, the greatest of my problems. How to be free from sin. And how to avoid the wrath of God. Notice what the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 22. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22, the Scripture says, "...but you have come from out Zion." to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. When I've come to Christ's church, to this general assembly, and church of the firstborn. I've come to Jesus who is the mediator of the new covenant. To the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. It says that I have come to the church of the firstborn. I want you to notice, especially if you have the New King James, notice that it says church of the firstborn who are. See that? That's plural. When it says firstborn here, he's not referring to Christ as we might on the surface believe. But he's referring to multiple firstborn. He's referring to us as Christians. Those who are part of Christ's church have the place of the firstborn. That is, we have an inheritance. As Peter pointed out in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, we have an inheritance reserved in heaven for us. The church, the assembly of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. When I come into this church, I'm registered in heaven. Philippians 3.20 says that our citizenship is in heaven. And I can be a part of heaven when I'm a part of Christ's church. So I have become a part of Christ's church. Notice Acts 20 and verse 28. Acts chapter 20 
and verse 28. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, the Scripture tells us something very important about Christ's church. As Paul is preaching, he says to the elders there, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which He purchased with His own blood. I want to be a part of this church that has been purchased with the blood of Christ. Because do you remember what it said in Romans 3.23? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Flip back over there and let's keep reading. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Keep reading. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance He had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. His blood was set forth as a propitiation. That which appeases the wrath of God. It's with that blood that He purchased His church. Notice what it says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul said, In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. That's what I need. Where is it? It's in His blood. The blood He used to purchase only His church. Why am I a member of the church? Because Jesus purchased the church with His blood. Look in Ephesians 5.23. In Ephesians 5.23, the Scripture says, For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives. <coughs> Excuse me. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That's what I need. I need to have the spots and the blemishes removed. I need to be cleansed and sanctified. I need to be saved. And the Scripture says that that is exactly what God has done for His church through Christ. Cleansed, washed, so that we can be presented to Him glorified, sinless, spotless, and blameless. Why would I be a part of anything else? Look in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. The Scripture so clearly points out that we need to be in Christ. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven 
given among men by which we must be saved. Only in Christ. Only in His body can I have this salvation. I need to remember what Paul pointed out in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The church at Corinth was dividing, following after men. And Paul had to call them back to unity in Christ. And notice what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Why would I be a part of some church started by a man? He didn't die for me. I wasn't baptized in His name. I need to be a part of Christ's church. Because only in Christ can we find salvation. Only in His church can we be sprinkled clean and washed of our sins. Why am I a member of the church of Christ? Because Jesus died for His church. He didn't die for anything else. And because I need the forgiveness and the cleansing and the comfort that He offers to those who are in His church. How did I become a member? of Christ's church. Well, first of all, I notice what it said in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, the Scripture there that talks about the earliest of Christians, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, the Scripture reads that they were praising God and having favor with all the people. And notice, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to the church those who were being saved. I found out that I couldn't just join Christ's church. I couldn't just go up and say, I, I want to be a member, now make me one. God adds the members to His church. He is the one who is in control. But I also noticed that it told me who He would add. It adds those who are saved. Those who have become saved by obeying His gospel. He adds them to His church. And doesn't it just make sense that He gets to be in control of who gets to be members? It is His church after all. Doesn't it just make sense that if I want to be a part of His body that I need to do things His way. And so I had to learn, how can I become one of these saved people? Because I wasn't always. How do I become a part of His people? And I read what it says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, the Scripture reads there, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I've learned that I have to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And I have to confess that with my mouth, that I believe that. I learned that a long time ago. I learned that 26 years ago. And I've believed in Christ for as long as I can possibly remember and confessed my faith in Christ since I was as young as my daughter. But I also read what it said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10, where it says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. I recognize that I had to repent of my sins. I had to recognize myself as a sinner and turn away from those sins. I've known that for a long time. And for most of my life, I've been committed to turn away from my sins, not to do what is sinful. And there's been lapses. There have been periods in which I wasn't devoted to that commitment. But I've been like that for a long time. But there came a time when I was in my early teens that I discovered that while I believed that Jesus was the Christ, and while I was devoted to doing His will, the fact is I just hadn't done His will. I had become a part of something, but it wasn't a part of Christ's church. I had obeyed some teaching, but it wasn't Christ's doctrine. And my resolve was tested. Am I really going to follow Christ? Am I just going to keep doing what I've been doing? Because I learned in Acts 2.38 that the Scripture says I have to be baptized for the remission of my sins. And I hadn't done that. I had been baptized as a young child as an outward sign of inward grace. In order to let everyone else know that I was already saved. That's what I had done. And that's not what it says here. And I read in Mark 16, 16, where it says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And I read in Romans chapter 6, where it says that we're buried with Christ in baptism. And Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. And I read in 1 Peter 3, verse 21, where it says, Baptism doth also now save us. And I had to decide, do I really want to be a part of Christ's church? Or do I just want to be religious? And I submitted to what the Scripture says. You know why? Because I'm a sinner. And I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And Jesus purchased His church with His blood. And He didn't purchase anything else. Jesus presents His church spotless and blameless and forgiven. He doesn't do that with anything else. Jesus is the propitiation for His church. 
and no one else. And I've learned that I've got to be faithful. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Why am I a member of the church of Christ? Because I want to be a part of Christ's saved people who are forgiven and who go to heaven. Are you a part of that? Have your sins been forgiven by the blood of Christ? Go ahead and pull out your songbook. 